0: Hello, world of the internet, and welcome to the second episode this week of Simon's pro Podcast. But the difference this time, sort my seat out, there we go, is usually we don't go live. We don't go live on a, on a Friday. We always do it Wednesdays and Fridays. Usually on Fridays, um, we get in a Patreon member, plug my Patreon, because why not? All of my podcasts and everything I do is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon316. If you're on YouTube right now, there's a link in the description. There's a bio you can help support. Even a dollar helps, and I genuinely mean that. It does. Uh, But it all fell apart today, me trying to get my Patreon on. No one's fault, just one of those things that happened. There was was a glitch in the system. So I thought, as we're almost at the end of the day, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump back on. We're going to... Basically, do what we do on a Wednesday, but we'll pick some kind of retro topic and essentially just try and answer as many questions as we can. And the reason I went with this one, I didn't see the Rock versus Stone Cold at Steve Austin, who was better, is a question I see all the time, all the time, especially on social media. It's a conversation that comes up a lot. And I did a poll over on my Twitter at Simon316 around about, oh, it was a while ago now, probably a month or so. And I thought it was going to be quite close. Instead, it wasn't at all. I remember it was 70% Austin and it was 30% The Rock. And the actual, actually, saying that the most poignant point of view was put forward by my man True Geordie, who I'm sure you know from the world of YouTube. He, he weighed in and he said that, you know, I can't, I'm paraphrasing now, but it's basically like Austin did more for the business, but The Rock did more for himself. And I don't think he meant that in a disparaging way, or maybe he did, I want to talk for him, maybe he hates Dwayne Johnson, I don't know, I don't know that, but that's just me being an idiot, I don't know, I, I retract all of that, I don't know what he thinks. My point being is I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was really interesting because he was kind of right. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure they both had their own intentions at heart, because I think most sort of super successful pro wrestlers do, especially back then, when you're kind of, or oh, at least from the stories, you're trying to survive in a piranha pit, basically, right? That's the kind of how it was, how it was spun out. So, but even then, like, when you do look back on it, Austin, I, I, don't, know, I don't know, it's hard actually. Now I, now I start talking about it, it's hard because nobody can knock The Rock's success. Like nobody, it, it, it's unparalleled. I don't think anybody, you know, back when he was, I'm trying to think of, you know, having that promo with badass Billy Gunn or making his Undertaker references or calling Kane words you'd never be able to use in today's day and age. I don't think anybody would ever said one day that guy's going to go on to become the highest grossing movie star in the world. Especially because the only thing we ever had to compare to that beforehand was someone like Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan had some success, like he was in Rocky Two. But most of the stuff that he did when he tried to break out into the worlds of films by himself... Mr. Nanny, Suburban Commando... Uh, was it, uh, there was more, I can't remember them now. But they weren't great, essentially. And eventually, nothing wrong with it, but he did find himself coming back to wrestling. The Rock found such success in the entertainment world... That, you know, WWE's almost beholden to him now. Isn't that crazy? Like, they. He, he controls the shots. And that's very, very, very rare to happen if it could be the only time. Maybe Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar kind of operates on a different plane. Whereas, you know, Steve Austin, again, a trailblazer, no question. And, and, and he, as he has said himself, like a, a flame that burnt out, or an explosion more than sort of a, a long candle that burned out because. You know, sm you know, 97, 98 growing as 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 the rattlesnake stone cold, all of that. Obviously won the King of the Ring in 96, then he suffers that injury at SummerSlam 97 against Owen Hart. Still finds a way to make that work. Maybe not the wrestler that he once was, but who gives a shit, right? He was amazing. But if, you know, essentially that pile driver that went awry that he did took meant. That in 2002, yeah, it was WrestleMania 19, wasn't it? Yeah, 2002, he walks away and we got him a bit more as the GM and we had special guest appearances here and there. But he did, like, you know, without, you could even argue, without Stone Cold Steve Austin, there's no The Rock. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin sparked off what we know as the Attitude Era in a way that nobody saw coming, nobody expected it's crazy. It's a, it's a really. It's one of the. It's one of the issues I would say that WWE has today is that everybody's looking, who's going to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin and who's going to be the, the next Rock, and that kind of sort of fills down to the next John Cena to a certain point of view. But I think the crazy thing with Austin and the Rock is they came across they came along at the same time. You know that's the that's the, that, that's the thing that's nuts is you, you shouldn't have got one. And if you did, you would have been lucky. But to actually to, you know, to actually get two is, is unprecedented. And I think that's a huge reason, you know, why the attitude did was so big, why that feud was so good. Because, you know, not only did Austin become this sort of mega over baby face, I mean, literally something you can do in your in your own time is go on YouTube and watch Stone Cold Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin pops, and you'll have a good time. I guarantee you, it's really, really fun. But, you know, it's it's I don't know, it's, it's just, when you actually think about it, it's crazy. The fact that The Rock became the number two babyface quite quickly was probably getting equal-sized pops at some point, and maybe even surpassed him at a time. You could probably argue that for a little bit. It's a really interesting debate, I feel, and it's a really interesting argument, because, I mean, you know what, I'm going to pop into the comments now, which obviously we're on YouTube at the moment, YouTube.com, force of the middle report rules, if you're listening to the audio version, but we'll get some live, some live feedback. And I already know that it's going to be... It's going to be split. I mean, QPR forever. Austin, but that's because of my all time favorite wrestler. Jordan Frost, Stone Cold, no question. Aaron, Stone Cold, Over the Rock. Uh, GG777, The Rock was better. Aaron, The Rock was the best overseller. Uh, I like this one. NB, it's the same as who's better, Messi or Ronaldo. Just appreciate what they both did for the business. Nah, I don't agree with the latter point of that. If we if we didn't debate these things, half the internet wouldn't exist. It's fun to debate these things. Uh, you 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 should just appreciate them. And obviously, both the Rock and Stone Cold were incredible at what you did. But you should also be a critic, and you should you should make that argument. That's just that's just fun. I don't think if we didn't do that, what would be the point? Um, evenfold, do you trying to compete with Ben and Peter? I don't know what that means. What do you mean, triple jump? I, I, honestly, I honestly don't know what that means. <laughs> but thank you anyway. Uh, I don't think me doing my own podcast I've been doing for three years is trying to compete with them, no. But the point being is this when you just kind of scroll through, a lot of the people are. I mean, Austin, again, I mean, there are people saying The Rock, but Austin always seems to be the guy that gets, that gets the most nods. And I'd be intrigued to try and find someone that was completely neutral on the matter. I'm not saying this does happen, but it could happen subconsciously without even realizing it. Obviously, some people do feel like The Rock walked away from wrestling. I don't see it like that. I feel like he, he just—you know—he he got to the point where he developed himself, and he had evolved enough. These aren't the right words I'm using at all. But he'd managed to use his success to move into another industry, and I—I'm always, always—I think that's admirable. I think it's an amazing thing to be able to do. But obviously, there are so many people who think, "Oh, he just turned his back on wrestling and he walked away." Uh, which you did, you know that there is a way to look at it, but I, I I can't believe anybody else wouldn't, you know, if you saw that path in front of you and you thought you could walk down it, I can't imagine anybody else not doing it. So from that point of view, I completely understand, you know, I understand I understand why you did it, but I would like I'd like to have the conversation if you could kind to take out some of the bad blood, some of the. Uh, the negativity that some sort of super hardcore fans have towards The Rock. Because obviously Austin, you could argue, gave everything to the wrestling business. You know, he gave his health, he gave his injuries. Um, and so, yeah, And I... I you... Stone Cold Steve Austin was always going to be massive. But you always need a good bad guy, right? And at WrestleMania 15, when we were able to sort of kick off The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin feud, that's when you could almost double down and know, allow him to be the catalyst for all. obviously Vince McMahon was there too and The Rock was basically Vince McMahon's surrogate because Vince McMahon was never going to be able to get in the ring and have those kind of matches he needed somebody to do that for him which is probably why we had the big tease at Summer Survivor Series 98 when The Rock went back being heel after we thought he wasn't going to do it but it's you know it's just a fascinating it's a, it's a fascinating thing to look at because you know, maybe if McMahon was able to wrestle, maybe The Rock wouldn't have. I'm sure he would have still smashed it because he was too. His promos were too good, and they were, you know, they were always gonna. They were always gonna get him to where he needed to be. But everything else could have been different. And I, I, I think the whole thing is really, really interesting. Of course, yeah. If you take a step back, we're just lucky that we did get both, and we got them at the same time. And you know, to, because of all of that, it was the explosion that made wrestling this really cool and popular thing. Certainly, cooler and more popular than it's ever been in my lifetime. Uh, if you listen to the podcast for a while, you know that you know if you were sort of of, a, of in the early 90s and you were a child at that time you got bullied for liking wrestling which just seems crazy to me now if anybody laughed at me for liking wrestling now I'd slap I'd, slap, I'd just laugh at them and I'd just walk off and say like, you loser what is wrong with you go get go get a hobby of your own um, and yeah if you did live through the era you know how cool it was Although I'll also say as we are having our little retro retro kit uh, electro clip the Attitude Era, by and large, is is not as good as we remember. Like, there is a lot of nonsense. It was, it was good at the time. Context is an incredible thing, and hindsight will always change that. But there was a lot of nonsense. Like, a lot of stuff happened that didn't... We talk about it now. It was happening then, too. A lot of people didn't... Storylines didn't make sense, and wrestlers were all over the place, and we had some very questionable gimmicks, as we know... But on top of that, when you got to the main event and you had all the stuff with the Rock and Stone Cold, all that was gold. All that was money. Like it was it had a continuation, it had logic, it had weight, it was intense. The promos they cut at each other felt real. And that's kind of the glue that held everything together. If you hadn't had those two on top, I don't know what the rest of the show would have felt like. And it was a case that, you know, Austin was so over. You could book him in literally about, you know, 10 to 12 segments, even when Raw was 12 hours, he two hours, he would feature a lot. But people were still desperate to see him. Like, he never wore out his welcome. And maybe that's why it was good that he was... This kind of quick explosion as opposed to anything else. Because it left us wanting more. And they always say that's what the best entertainers do. They leave you wanting more. Uh, Mupo1811, the super chap. I wanted to be Stone Cold as a kid. Uh, SD of what culture? Oh, that's... I can't what you said. That's, smackdown of what culture? I can't remember what you said now. But I appreciate it. I did too. I remember when I was... Um, you know... Oof, I can't remember now. But early teens... Oh, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, as I've said before, when he won at 1998 SummerSlam, I jumped out my chair. When my dad went to America on a business trip, I asked him to get me a Stone Cold T-shirt because I wanted one you couldn't get in the UK. Like, I transitioned right away from Bret Hart, right into, uh, right into Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, he, 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 was my, he was my guy, absolutely. And I realize I haven't charged my laptop as I'm doing this, so I'll do that as I talk. But yeah, he absolutely was... I just have to roll away now. It's fun, this, isn't it? But he absolutely was... Uh, <laughs> He was the person, I guess, there we go. Because I, you know, when I tuned into wrestling for the first time, I knew I knew who Bret Hart was. He was already part of the culture. Whereas Stone Cold Steve Austin, I saw his rise. I remember when he came in the ringmaster with Ted DiBiase and all of this. So it was, you know, I got to see, when you get to see everything from point one, you are going to be a bit more invested. And it was the same with The Rock. You know, when The Rock kind of skipped down the aisle at Survivor Series 96, you're like, who the hell is this guy? And no one liked him there. And again, no one saw the future that they had. Although I will say, when he did turn heel and join The Nation, I actually liked him more than kind of his super, super mega over-face deal. I don't know, there was something just funny and different and a bit odd about Nation of Domination Rock. And, and I, I always enjoyed that. Uh, Ryan Evermeer in the super chat always appreciate it. Austin is better because The Rock plays Fortnite. <laughs> he does, yeah, it's true. Hey, man, everyone plays Fortnite. I imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't play Fortnite, but I also imagine that 99% of the planet at least once have played Fortnite. Even Will Smith's been playing Fortnite, which is crazy. But you, you, you do make a good point. If somebody hasn't played Fortnite, you can argue that... Although Apex Legends, man, Apex Legends is here trying to take Fortnite's crown. Apparently had about 10 million players already. It's going to be fun. The Battle Royale scene continues. Uh, Ryan Black in the Super Chat. Austin was only as big as he was because of the Mr. McMahon rivalry. I feel that The Rock would have gotten as big as he got without McMahon. Well, Ryan, it's like... Look, there's no way of knowing. I I would say... I think they both would have been big. But I think a combination of all those three is the reason that made them bigger. So I think Austin needed McMahon, McMahon needed Austin, Austin uh, Austin needed The Rock, The Rock needed Austin, blah, blah, blah. I think all those three entwined, because I mean, just to throw it in there, Vince McMahon is probably the best heel ever. Or at least he's in the conversation, because, you know, w- without, without him doing what he did, even at Survivor Series 1997, which is another conversation we always have, you know, how much did the Montreal Screwjob spark everything else into life? And I think there is a, there's absolute, you know, just cause to say that, yeah, it did have a big impact. And it did have an effect because when people booed Vince McMahon, they weren't booing a character. They were, they did eventually, but the start of it was real sort of vitriolic hate towards him because they didn't like what had gone down. Crazy period, the late 90s. Really, 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 really crazy period. Obviously, you know, given the popularity that... You know, it gave the Undertaker a new lease of life. It made Kane a household name—not a household name, but certainly a popular name. Uh, Triple H obviously rose up at that point. This is all after Shawn Michaels has left too, and Bret Hart himself. And I do think you know, Austin opened the door to all of that. Whether he would have stayed there without the Rock, we don't know. Again, I, I probably assume that he would have been. But it's crazy. It is. It's absolutely. And else at the moment, obviously, and you know, with something else we got to talk about after the AEW Double or Nothing, you know, party last night or, or announcement. You know, it's not, I mean, I don't mean it's the names like Stone Cold, Steve Austin or The Rock that's going to be built. But who says they won't stumble across onto one of those? You just never know. You never know what's going to happen. Like, they announced a bunch of good names. Obviously, Kenny Omega's now on board. We don't know what his situation with New Japan is overall. You have to imagine that given he is a vice president of AEW, executive vice president, I should say, it seems unlikely he's going to work Japan. But Jericho can in his contract, although he's not part of the office. But that's not the point. On paper, you know, Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Neville, Joey Janella. there's loads of other people. Um, you know, the, the, the roster is ridiculous. Obviously, Brandi Rhodes holding all, uh, handling all the women talent as well. That that division keeps to grow, to grow too. And there could be a diamond in there. And they could, you know, could spark off in, in AEW. And then in 10 years' time, we're talking about, oh man, what would AEW have done if it wasn't for this guy? The point is, you just never know. Whereas in WWE right now, just because of the way it is and the way that it does tick along each and every week we kind of it seemed more unlikely but that's always the way because it's more red tape it's a big corporate company AEW doesn't seem to be like that i did like the double or nothing rally as well it felt very WCW probably because it was in the MGM grand and i recognized kind of the layout from when they used to do shows there but um i i I don't know, he had, a, he had a very retro feel, but not in a bad way. And it, and it got me excited. Uh, Mupo1811 says, Kenny has no contractual relation with New Japan anymore. I know, that's that's why he was able to announce yesterday that he signed with, <laughs> with AEW. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it, it's all said and done. Nobody knows what's happening but the behind the scenes. I don't expect him to have any kind of dealings with them for a while. But I would never stand here and say 100% it's not true. The fact that Chris Jericho is allowed to do it opens doors. It just depends on what doors actually get opened when all is said and done. Um, QPR forever. And also, start throwing your questions in the comments if you are listening live. I'll try and answer as many as I can. Again, it's kind of an uh, off-the-cuff, bespoke podcast. So, you know, we just got to try and do whatever we're just gonna fly by the seat of our pants as they say so if you do want to ask some questions please do qpr forever what is the infamous or what if the infamous curtain call never happened and triple h won king of the ring that year well that's the other thing right there's so many little bits and bobs that could have changed the outcome i i i listened to a podcast about this a long time ago i'd always think that stone cold would have made it to where he was i mean the story that he won at the King of the Ring and the next night it was the biggest thing ever is is not true at all. There was a good another year of build and him slowly, you know, slowly working his way into that position. But if you change what, you know, if you change, again, if you change the direction somebody's headed in, who knows? So did the curtain call help with all of that? You'd probably have to say that it's likely that it did. Or at least there's a, there's a chance that it did. Wouldn't that have been crazy? Triple H wins and Stone Cold Steve Austin has to go around about the houses to get to to get to get where he had to go. But that's why it's so cool about looking back. Again, when you have the power of hindsight and you know all these things that come together. Because I don't think anybody, again, when you know Vince McMahon pulls that... Well, Not even Vincent McMahon himself. Vince McMahon didn't pull all that stuff with Bret Hart to become a bad guy. He just did what he thought was right at the time. And then as a very smart businessman, he made sure to use it. And it, it gave birth to everything else. As you know, Bret Hart's career kind of went the other way, which always breaks my heart. Always thought that was really, really unfair. <laughs> Bret Hart Hart. But yeah, you, there are so many little things in kind of the wrestling sphere that we'll never truly be able to know what would happen if it went the other way. Same with WCW. What if WCW hadn't have had Goldberg lost and realized, wait a minute, we've got money here. Let's just have him win for a long time and keep him as a mega face. Maybe they'd still be around. I mean, that's probably not true. WCW seemed headed to doom for <laughs> this is like the end of 98 onwards. But there are a lot of stupid decisions in the wrestling world. Um, ben David Fryer. Would have Tommy been used well on SmackDown? Uh, who knows? I mean, that's you'd like to think so. But it all depends what Vince McMahon thinks of him, what stories they have for him. I think the problem with Itami was just bad luck. And it does suck. Like, he never really got to have his proper run in NXT because of his shoulder injuries. And no one knows more about shoulder injuries than me. And by the time he'd come back from all of them, he'd almost been surpassed just because other guys and girls came through the door. And that's how it, that's how it works. You know, you, you get struck down. And by the time you've dusted yourself off, you've got to start again. And it just never really happened for him. It's not his fault. In many ways, it's not the WWE's fault. The good thing is now, you know, they've come to agreement. He's out. Apparently, going back to Japan. He was awesome in Japan before as Kenta. I imagine he probably ends up in all elite somehow at some point. How that works, I don't know. Because apparently, you know, causes of his release were, well, let him go, but don't let him go anywhere else. But you'd have to, you can't stop people doing that. So, uh Ryan Blacker, who would you choose to be the first AEW, who would you choose to be in the first ever AEW World Title feud? Well, very controversially, I would pick Cody Rhodes because I think whoever Cody Rhodes goes against, you're going to assume that Cody Rhodes will win because he's part of the company, but then make sure that he loses. Who he feuds with, I don't know. This all ties into that rumor about apparently they've got this huge name they're trying to get from either WWE or wherever that will go into a feud with Cody Rhodes that probably starts at double or nothing. Maybe even for a championship, I don't know. I don't know who that could be. People keep mentioning AJ Styles because of his contract situation. I don't know what his contract situation is, so I'm not going to speculate. AJ Styles is the man. AJ Styles has a, you know, a story career that he's built up over the last 20 years. Wherever he goes is going to be a big deal. You could absolutely put the belt on AJ Styles. I think you could put the belt on Chris Jericho. I mean, they're obviously not going to do that at first because the Kenny Omega feud, I don't think that's going to have any championship gold on the line. But you know, if you give your world title to Chris Jericho, guy that people knows, that's not the worst idea in the world. In fact, it's probably a very good idea. But this is why I like it. This is why I keep saying that it's all right to be over the top about All Elite Wrestling because there are so many questions... Just put a smile on your face. Just enjoy it for what it is. If it's dead in five years, again, I don't think it will be, but hypothetically speaking, who cares? You'd enjoyed it for the five years that it was alive and you go back to doing whatever WWE does. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The best thing about being a fan is you don't have to worry about the money and you don't have to worry about the ratings and you don't have to worry about house show attendance. You just have to worry about whether you like it or not. And if people come and go, it sucks because we want more people, we want more places for wrestlers to work and I never want anybody to lose their job. But the, the, the bottom line when it comes to being a fan is entertainment. And that's why it's great. Yusef95, um, would you say Jericho evaluate, ev- evaluated his career lately? Do you mean elevated? Do you mean I th- I, well, If you do mean that, I think Chris Jericho has been a genius over the last couple of years. I think he feels like a bigger star now than he ever has done. And to do that, he left the WWE which is very rare, but as soon as he signed that New Japan deal, and he made himself feel like a big deal, that was absolutely Chris Jericho, he made it feel like this is a Kenny Omega match, it's a dream match, and everybody should be, you know, enamored with it, then he went and held his own, alright, they did a street fight and they cut some corners, but then to have another good year in Japan as well, and have another good match after the fact, including his cruise, that counts, you know, he put on a successful cruise, that makes him sound like a big deal, because his name is attached to it, now, yeah, I do. I think he feels like twice the star he was and like a proper legend that has proved he can keep up with a younger generation. You can't, no matter what you think about Chris Jericho, you can't kind of debate what he's done. It's been fantastic. It's been amazing. It has been incredible. And I respect the hell out of Chris Jericho. He's, he's a hard, we're clearly a hard hard-working uh, son of a gun. Ed says Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes. We'd all love it, right? Imagine Randy Orton was the first ever AEW champion you'd love it. Mupo1811, I want Simon in AEW. Would you be open to it, Simon? Surprisingly, yes. If somehow I worked myself into a position that they would want me, I don't know what the hell I've done to deserve this, I don't think I'd say no. Unless it was like, Simon, you have to pay a million pounds to be in. Then I'd be like, I think I need to think about this. The Reptile, are you training for a return to fight yet, or are you still in the recovery process? What's the status with your shoulder? Can't wait to see you back, dude. Thank you very much. Um, We think we talked about this last week. At the moment, Hopefully ready for a return sooner rather than later. But the problem with all injuries, especially ones like mine, that has defied doctors here and there. It always sucks when a doctor says, I don't know what's going on. Um, There may be some bumps in the road. But, I mean, as you are here on a Friday night with me, it should be around about the next six weeks. I'll know more. Uh, so hopefully March. Hopefully March will be the will be the day. But thank you very much. I appreciate that uh brad bourne could you pass an apology over to your co-host of the week in gaming my, about my comment on fallout 76 i just worded my question wrong and didn't mean to come across as a prick there you didn't come across as a prick dude we only wind people up on that show but i will and that's very nice of you but i'm sure uh i'm sure you didn't come across as a prick where are we going g francis my top 10 of the wwe hogan stone cold rock undertaker shaw michaels andre the giant mcfoley macho man jake the snake and triple h Can't argue with that. It wouldn't be mine. I'd have to shuffle some around. But, yeah, I mean, look, they're all legendary names. I don't think you could argue that. Aaron, with Jimmy Havoc going to AEW, do you think it will be a lot less PG than WWE? It is a good question. I mean, you know, Jimmy can do more than just the kind of hardcore stuff that he does. But that wasn't my first thought. I was like, well, if we're going to do Jimmy Havoc stuff, how are we going to get that on TV? But look, Jimmy Havoc's really smart. Everyone running AEW's really smart. I'm sure they'll find a balance between the two. It's, it's only, it would only be a good move all around, that one. Uh, Nick Palmer. Out of the six men in the halftime Heat NXT special, who do you think Vince McMahon will see as main eventers and mid-carders when they get called up? Ah, oh, who was in it? I mean, the Velveteen Dream could be a main eventer because he likes gimmicks and people that can talk, right? I think Adam Cole would win anyone over. Alistair Black is an interesting one because to me, Alistair Black could be a modern-day... Not like Undertaker gimmick, but you know, he's got that edge to him. He's got that mysteriousness to him. So you could put him as, as an upper mid-carder role that never actually wins titles, but he has cool feuds because of who he is. Gargano and Champa are going to be interesting. I mean, they should be in that position, but we've all seen what happened before. And the top of my head, I can't remember who the final guy was, and I probably should. Oh, Ricochet. Same, same point, right? Ricochet and talent alone should be there. But it all depends what mood I imagine Vince McMahon is the day he wakes up and realises he has to book. He has to book Ricochet. Ricochet should be world champ. Ricochet is amazing. James Bromsfield. Hope you're well, sir. Continue to rock the positivity. Thank you, James. Uh, Is Rowan the new Luke Gallows? Maybe, in terms of the straight edge society, right? Great tag team wrestler and really good big man. muscle to a sore mouthy heel but never given a singles run. Is it going to take a trip out of WWE before Rowan really shows what he's made of? Oh, and on a side note, yes, Harper is amazing and should have had a singles plus. Oh, and Austin was better at the time, but The Rock has had more mainstream impact today. Well, I agree with that. In terms of, you know, turning a light switch onto professional wrestling in the mainstream world, The Rock Rock definitely did that. The thing with Rowan is I think he's happy, right? I think he's just happy. I don't think necessarily he wants to go onto the indie scene to, to make a big splash. I imagine he quite likes his role. I think he does his role very well. He's probably found his place not in a disparaging way but i would just presume that he, i don't know i don't think you could expect more out of him and i like his teamwork with daniel bryan and if luke harper comes back to complete another trio with those two i'm not going to hate that either it does suck the bludgeon's brothers broke up. out we only had them for what like two three months it didn't feel very long And i love that gimmick It was so over the top and stupid but i don't know we'll see uh cop copia prime tough question what wrestling match would you show to a non-resting fan? Lately, my pick has been Alistair Black versus Velvetin Dream from NXT War Games Seventeen. I'd always go Ricochet, Will Ospreay. Pick whichever one you want. They flip around. Uh, they're very relatable. Uh, you know, they don't wear masks. I think you can show masks, but sometimes, like all I do when I show masks, resting to people is get questions about the mask, and they don't watch the match. You just explain the masks. <laughs> I Just anything, like any kind of Lucha Libre, I think that a non-wrestling fan would get into because it's like gymnastics and it's really impressive. So I, that's always my go-to and it always uh, works quite well. Uh, my man Shungo, hope was well today. Just for fun, can you predict who you think the next three WWE champions will be after Daniel Bryan and the next three Universal champions after Lesnar? Uh, I mean, after Lesnar, I would go Rollins, McIntyre and probably Strowman to win the Universal Championship. The WWE Championship is far harder, but I will say... Finn Balor, that's right, I think he's going to switch across the SmackDown, The Miz, and Biggie Langston, not called that anymore, there you go, one out of left field, I've done it now, uh, Lee Morris, just so you know, Austin was more over than anyone in the 97 to 99 run, but The Rock has had more heat overall perhaps, I'd have to look into that one, question, what would be the weirdest heel run, what does that mean, What would be the what would be the, would be the weirdest heel run? Uh, well, I mean, if you'd asked me before, a, 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 a vegan environmentalist running around and getting booed. I mean, that doesn't sound very heelish, <laughs> but it is. I'll have to think about that one. Mark Roy Day, as we're in Mania season, what's your favorite main event as in went on last? Oh, man, as in went on last. Oh. You know what? A special mention would absolutely be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 31. Just because I was so surprised by that. I was so surprised. I was like, how is this so good? WrestleMania 19, Brock versus Kurt Angle was brilliant. Probably WrestleMania 17. I know it's boring, the Rock versus Austin, but it had so much, the crowd was so crazy for it. I mean the heel turn at the end is what it is. But the match was just noise. And it was the first time kind of WW was playing one of those huge domes or huge venues, whatever you want to call it. I do love that match. I do think that match is brilliant, and it really does, it really does suck you in. I think yeah, i I put WrestleMania 17 up there. I'd probably also give a shout-out to Hogan versus Warrior. WrestleMania 6? I always get confused when we go right back then. I think it's WrestleMania 6. Maybe 7, actually. Oh, I can't remember. Um, that's just... You know, as a kid, there was nothing better. Especially because you're like, who's going to win? I really can't pick it. And when Ultimate Warrior did win, you were both happy, because that's what you wanted to see. But you were seeing, well, what seemed like it was going to be the passing of the torch. So you were kind of torn. So... Yeah, I mean, they would be the ones that come to my head, but WrestleMania Thirty One definitely gets a definitely gets a, a special mention because I just you know, we all went in saying that was going to be a terrible event, and not only was it a really decent event, but that main event was great, and the Seth Rollins cashing was great. I like, definitely one of the best endings ever. And um, my man Hart Wild and the super chat: Which three wrestlers would you pick for Brian's faction? Well, I'm going to say Luke Harper absolutely would be one. Um, Eric Rowan's obviously always in there. So you want that? You want big dudes? I'd put Gallows and Anderson with him. Why the hell not? They're not doing anything. They can play heel. We just talked about how Luke Gallows has done it before, so he can play on that should he so wish. Again, and I just think that would be a, that would be a cool thing to do. Alistair Black would be good in that faction as well. I know that sounds weird, but as long as he broke out of it eventually and turned on them and then feud with Daniel Bryan, I think that would work really well because he's got that look. He's got that kind of terrifying, not broody necessarily. My mouse is broken. Uh, <laughs> I just think I think if you booked him right, I think it would fit. Just my gut. Uh, Mike Flaff, Faf. If miracles could happen and WWE and AEW had a working relationship, you're very confident, Mike. What mid-card talent would you like to see do a one-off? I wouldn't say mid-card talent. I mean, I think Kenny Omega versus Seth Rollins or Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles or Kenny Omega versus Finn Balor in one of those rings I think would be the main thing we want to see. Cody Rhodes kind of doesn't fit into that because we've seen it, or at least mostly, uh, the Young Bucks versus the Usos I'd love. Obviously, the Young Bucks versus the Revival I'd love. Uh, the Young Bucks versus the B-Team because it would make me laugh. Even the Young Bucks versus uh Roode and Gable. That would, that would be awesome. In terms of the mid-card stuff, I mean, Hangman Page against, I guess, Shinsuke Nakamura. I shouldn't call him mid-talent, but he is. It would be great, but I wouldn't hold your breath. Not for a long time. Uh, Nal Kelly, I know it's a bit late in the day, but was I the only person who was convinced that when Nye came out at 30 at the Rumble and was getting to beat up men, that The Rock was coming down for the save and he was in fact number 30? Probably why I was so disappointed as I was just waiting for the pop. It's very easy to convince yourself that The Rock's going to be at these events, but I would say given how important he is in Hollywood and how much it costs to ensure actors, I don't think we're going to be getting that much of him. Maybe a brief appearance at Mania, but that's about it. I certainly would never see him coming, especially not in that situation. Because that could have caused controversy. And as we know, The Rock stays well away from there. Thomas Speller going out tonight. Just wanted to say, hi, Thomas. You have a lovely evening. Hello to you as well. Uh, Going back into the YouTube questions. Ryan meet Jason Jordan for Universal Champ when he returns. I don't think he's coming back. I think his neck injuries are really serious. Now, that is true. Doesn't that suck? Just when he got his first big storyline, like whether you like it or not, it's not the point. You've got to think of it from a humanistic point of view. As soon as he gets that first big deal or well, that first big story, and that happens to him, I think that sucks. That must be a really difficult thing to get through mentally. So, I mean, he does not listen to this, but if he ever somehow hears this, I hope he's doing all right, and I hope somehow he does get to get back to wrestling, because that's taken away way too soon, especially because we don't actually know what's going on. It's meant to be Kurt Angle's son. Uh, the Reptile, would you unite Ballastars and the Good Brothers to create a W version of the club properly? I'd love to see them face the Undisputed Era. I certainly would if you were going to do that. I mean, you could argue, I mean, mean, Balor and the Good Brothers, absolutely. You know, Gallows and Anderson and Finn are kind of treading water. And AJ Styles has been smashing it forever. But much like any kind of push, eventually you do have to take a step back to allow other people to, to go into it. And I imagine that's what happens after the emanation chamber. And maybe we start building to Styles versus Orton or Styles versus whoever at WrestleMania. But coming out the back of that, if you did want to do something different with him, why the hell not? It would be interesting, fans would get a kick out of it. Who better to welcome the Undisputed Era onto the main roster than people like AJ Styles? AJ Styles can have a good match with the broom, for goodness sake. So, and I think fans would like it too. So, I absolutely think you could do that, but I don't think they will. I I don't think, the Good Brothers don't seem long for this world, and I don't know why. For some reason, WWE doesn't seem any interest in pushing them. You know, they make it back to SmackDown this week, and they get jobbed out. Very, very, very strange. Uh, Jamie Teague, what's going to happen to Becky Lynch after WrestleMania? Well, what I would like to do is, given that Oscar tapped her out at the Rumble, I would like to come out this side of WrestleMania with Becky as the champ and Oscar as the champ. Or maybe Oscar's not even the champ. Maybe she loses her belt. But she switched brands to Raw, which is where Becky would be. And they tangle again. And Oscar then has a legitimate gripe. It's going to reward people to watch it for saying, look, this happened three months ago, but we still remember. And we get more badass matches between Becky Lynch and Oscar. I don't know. The Becky Lynch thing is going to be interesting. Maybe she doesn't win a WrestleMania. You know, Roman Reigns was hundred percent gonna win this year and he didn't. So it's not always a lock. There's every chance that Ronda Rousey beats uh beats, you know, beats Becky Lynch and we all go absolutely crazy. There is no way to know. Uh Carl Hargart, you're English, when did that happen? A good twenty or so years ago, my friend. That's that's, that's an interesting one. Craig Thomas, are you going to go to Double or Nothing? Not sure yet. I am going to be at WrestleMania if you're going to be there, so make sure you come and say hello if you're going to be around. Uh, Double or Nothing, we will sort out when we get back from there. One amazing wrestling event uh, at a time. Aaron, what do you think of the rumors of the latest crop of WWE wrestlers wanting to leave WWE? Uh, I only believe that stuff when it happens. I enjoy jumping into rumors and speculation because it's half the fun of being a wrestling fan, but... You know, people like Randy Orton and the Usos are, uh, or Brock, I have to say Randy Orton and, the, and Brock Lesnar. I would imagine they're just name-dropping that to whoever they're negotiating with to get more money out of WWE, which is what you should do. That's how business works. For a team like the Usos, they would do amazingly anywhere because they're so good. So maybe they are sick and tired of the way they have been booked, but my gut and my heart tells me they'll probably stay. don't know. If, who knows? But I love the fact that there's more places for people to think about going. I think that can only be good for the business. Uh, Cyan Underdog, do you see or would you like to see the New Day broken up for singles runs? Not broken up. No problem with them staying together, but they should still separate and do their own thing, but they're still a unit deep down. Like We never do that with teams in WWE. There's a need to feud them all first. We don't need to do that. So if you want to push Big E for a title run this year, which I wouldn't be against, you know, maybe you split off Xavier Woods and Kofi and they go do a tag team thing, but they're also behind Big E and you have backstage segments when they're g him up. So the New Day are still a unit. I mean, I guess the NWO did that, right? They went off and did their own thing, but they were still the bad boys of wrestling. So I would much prefer they did something like that. But I do think it is time to do something different with the New Day. They've been brilliant. But again, much like we we're talking about earlier, you always run out of steam before long. And then you want to change it up before it gets a bit dull. Uh, Salman Nasir, do you think Ambrose leaving is a storyline? I don't know. Who knows, right? <laughs> yes, good for him. No, well done, WWE, for working me. That's what wrestling's all about, so I appreciate it. Drew Hilton, do you think The Undertaker will miss this year's mania? Well, the interesting thing about The Undertaker is he's taken all the WWE uh, text off his social medias. You can officially email him at an email that he put up on his social media at uh, something at something.com and he costs the rumor is he costs $25,000 an hour which sounds crazy but you know when's he ever done this kind of stuff so I think it's more than justified and you can book him you'd have to presume that means he's not going to be at WrestleMania I don't think he's fallen out with WWE but he probably realized he can go out in the summer and make loads of cash which he can and now is the time to do it I imagine he still get a big send off when he does decide to go but I don't think he needs to be at WrestleMania this year I don't think it's good for his character. I don't think it will help the card. I think you just draw a line under it. I mean, that would kind of suck because you go back to last year and you think, well, maybe it'd been better if he hadn't been there at all. But I love that John Cena Undertaker feud, so I'm not going to moan about it too much. Um, Ryan Armstrong, hey Sam, are you going to the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden in April? Maybe, maybe I'll have a we'll have a schedule for you soon, and we'll let you know. Uh, Owen Meabry, will Jericho versus Omega be five stars? Depends who you talk to. Some people give it five. Some people give it one. It all depends on what type of person they want to be that day. Thomas Jackson, do you think WWE will keep Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte completely in part until Mania to build it up? No. I think there's two. They've got three months to go or whatever it is. Two months to go. They still need to work Charlotte into that match. There's got to be some kind of friction between them. I imagine we get a lot of brawls. But I'm alright with that. I am one of the rare people who thinks it's okay to add Charlotte into that match. I think that will benefit the match. And I think in hindsight, when Ronda has gone off to do whatever she wants to do, not necessarily after WrestleMania, but whenever she's done, you can then make sure that accolade is on both Becky Lynch's and Charlotte's shoulders. That's just a smart business decision, as far as I'm concerned. So I'd absolutely do that. And I think that Charlotte deserves it too. Recently, I've seen a lot of people saying that she thinks she's overrated, which I don't understand at all. I think Charlotte is incredible, like a genuine incredible athlete and, you know, may have used the name of Ric Flair to get her start, but absolutely has proven time and time again that it has nothing to do with that while she's found success. I really like Charlotte. I think she's good um where am i going now Yusuf 95 would you like to see the miz versus daniel bryan at wrestlemania 35 no i think they could go in that direction but I, I, I that feud is one of those ones that was better in our heads than we actually got it uh, i do think we're going to see the miz versus shane mcmahon and if i had the choice i'd rather the miz versus daniel bryan yes <laughs> but we will see jacob wilk what would you show someone you want to get into- <laughs> i love it when the same question comes up the answer is Will Ospreay and Ricochet. It was about, what do you show somebody who's never, who's never watched wrestling before? Don't show them a Zack Sabre Jr. match. They won't get it. Uh, Babak Kidney, still the greatest name of someone that writes into this show. The best. Jeez, the Miller Machine is on a friggin' roll. Thank you, Babak. AEW. I haven't tuned into WCW all that much back in the day, but the look and fill the ticket announcement party kind of reminded me of the outdoor WCW shows. That's what I said earlier. It's because it's the MGM Grand. The MGM Grand screams WCW. Uh, now that Omega is an executive too, how do you think the elite will handle booking? As wins and losses will count big time, I think it'll be pretty weird to see the executives book themselves into winning one match after another. See, if it had been anybody else, I would have agreed with you, but I think Cody Rogues, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega get what wrestling is to such a degree that even if they decide to make them win loads, it will be for a reason, and it will be for our entertainment. Anybody else, and I'd be like, yeah, there's something questionable about this, but when it's those guys, they just seem to get it so much. So I'll be okay with it. Uh, Becky Lynch, I recently thought about her theme music for a bit. I think it's dull and doesn't resemble her character at all. I thought that the other day. It's good theme music, but it needs a bit of a spruce up for her new character. Totally agree. Makes me miss the old John, Jim Johnston approach of fitting the music to the character. So could we see her coming out to a new tune at Mania? I don't think it'd be at Mania. Usually when they used to change things up, be that the belt, the look or whatever, it'd be the night after Mania. Because you want the big pop at WrestleMania. But because you like start again on the Monday, that's when you can introduce those new things. I remember after Roman won the title, everyone was like, oh, they'll change his music now, they'll change his music. And they didn't. He did start coming down an entranceway rather than through the crowd. But, you know, his gear didn't change or anything like that. Uh, that's it have a great weekend <laughs> thanks for the content kidney out thank you very much my man uh, i always i always appreciate it uh my man spaz phoenix in the super chat always appreciate it what's the best intergender match wwe could give us today and if they hired you and said you had to to do one what lady would you like to face well charlotte flair because i think she's the best and i think or oscar either one of those i think could lead me to a better match than i'm capable of so i would uh, i'd appreciate that The best, I mean, I think the best intergender match we could get is probably, again, either Oscar or Charlotte going against one of Seth Rollins or AJ Styles, because I think they're the best people in the company, and I think that, you know, wrestling talent isn't gender specific, you're either a good wrestler or you're not, and I think all of those guys are great, and I think you could do it, whether or not that's what people want to see, I don't know. So if I could get Oscar versus AJ Styles, I think I would laugh forever, because I'd be so happy, and I bet they would have much better matches than 99% of what else we see anywhere. And wouldn't that be... Wouldn't that be good? I'd like it. Uh, Matt J. Hendricks in the super chat. Much appreciated. Shirai versus Baszler at TakeOver. I mean, maybe. I, I, Shayna Baszler right now, I see so much... um, You know, so much... I, I wouldn't say people are disparaging towards her, but they, she seems to get a lot of criticism, and I don't know why. On NXT the other day, when she just got pissed off and walked off, she's so good. She's so good. She's come on leaps and bounds. She gets a character... I think she's, you know, she's more than decent in the ring. I like Shayna Baszler. I think when they call her up, she's going to be a, excuse me, she's going to be a proper good heel. I look forward to it. Uh, People in the chat, insulting the way I say, Oscar, you should watch what culture videos, my friend. Nobody ever watches the video. In one video, I even told people why I did it. But nobody listens. Nobody watches. And now I'm going to keep on doing it until people find that Easter egg. It's crazy, this YouTube stuff, isn't it? uh becky lynch versus finn balor it says artcore 33 where well, it would work you know given where they're from uh carl hargood i would have to see becky hit a stunner on ronda at wrestlemania to win the belt dude why would you do this to me why you want to stir up the internet wrestling community like that they'll all go crazy reddit will blow up and go mad i wouldn't do that i think mean, you got to keep becky lynch as becky lynch don't do anything like that people will go crazy um where am i looking now gg777 G- becky lynch needs something to stand there and smirk gimmick is wearing things i do agree that she could smirk less because the problem with smirking is it makes it like you're not taking things seriously it certainly worked a few times but yeah in that instance i remember thinking you could probably look a bit more pissed off here which is why i preferred it on smackdown when ronda was right in her face and she did look mad i think that Raise things up better. Uh, Matt J Hendricks in the super chat, much appreciated. Oscar versus Cross at WrestleMania. Well, Nikki Cross, I think that's going to happen. A Nikki Cross is across both brands. They also teamed up with Alicia Fox, and that team lost. I know Nikki Cross didn't take the fall, but it still counts. No, I don't. I don't think that. Although who Oscar does fight, I don't know. That's another great question. Mandy Rose, they seem to like Mandy Rose. I don't know. I don't know. That is a really, really, really good point. Really, really good point, Matt. I don't have an answer for you. I think the two that sort of stump me the most when it comes to WrestleMania are Daniel Bryan and Oscar. I have no idea what they're going to do. None. But I like that. I like being confused. I like being... Um, I like trying to guess. Sometimes it's nice to have an expected storyline that plays out like you want because there is benefit to that too. But I also like being utterly confused. Like I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, AJ Stothard. Hey, Simon. Do you see Conor McGregor walking Lynch to the ring at Mania? If WWE will pay him $10 million, yes, which I don't think they would. Uh, Rich Sando, when are you going to do a video about the AEW rally last night? Keep an eye on what culture wrestling. wrestling has been recorded. It will probably go up today or early tomorrow. Um, Rude Ted, which champion versus champion would you be excited for? Oh, you just retracted that message. All right. I'm going to assume you don't want to ask that anymore, which is good. I didn't have an answer for you. And uh, when do you think the new, when you think the next NXT call-ups will be put on a certain brand? That's Thomas Jackson. I imagine the superstar shake-up. They've announced that for after WrestleMania now it's confirmed it's going to go down in Canada. I think that it's a lock. Yeah, I think I think that it's a lock that it will happen there. Who comes up? I don't know. Hopefully not everyone. Maybe just a couple as opposed to loads because they always get lost in the shuffle. But that would be my. That would, be my, that would be my guess. Uh, Michael Rigney. Hey Simon. Hope you're having a great Friday. Thank you. You too. My question is, why have Titantrons become so boring? When I was growing up, you had great ones like DX, Chris Jericho and The Rock, but now it's just the wrestler's name. It's ever since they started that new setup. I guess they think it looks better just doing that. I actually agree with you. I do miss them. Maybe it's a time thing. Maybe they like it to be uniform every week. I don't know. It's just one of those changes they make. Like, no fireworks anymore. No pyro. I watched a Brock Lesnar, the other entrance the other day, that had pyro. It was a lot better. Just saying. And one more for the road. Matt J. Hendricks, Alistair Black versus Daniel Bryan. If they did that at WrestleMania, I'd be happy. But they're going to have to call up Alistair Black very soon and do a lot of work for him to get in that position, I would assume. But I would absolutely, absolutely take that. Alistair Black is, again, he's got that weird aura to him. I like wrestlers with weird auras. It makes you stand out. Right, on that note, I'm going to leave you on this Friday night. Again, if you are listening on the podcast version or you're a long-time listener, sorry this one was a bit slapdash, but I wanted to make sure I got two episodes out and I thought, what better way just to do it live uh, on YouTube? And also because it just uploads to YouTube afterwards. So I thought that made sense. Again, if you can, uh, support me on Patreon, patreon patreon.com, for Simon 316, mean the world to me. If you are on YouTube, there's a link in the description below. Come follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Simon 316. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you are on here. Always makes it nice to see that button. Go watch some of my other videos. And in the meantime, I'm going to grab this mouse. I'm going to go into my uh, OBS. And I'm going to say goodbye. Have a lovely weekend.